Hey, good morning, everybody. This is the Creating Affordable Value series brought to you by IHG Management. I'm your host, Michael Moran, and today we will be discussing price. Now, I'm going to dive right into it today because I know we've done quite a lot of overview in the last, uh, well, I should say the first two podcasts. We've done quite a lot of overview on what this is going to be about, this series. You know, I'm still I'm still debating on how long I actually want um, this series to last. So I appreciate the understanding and flexibility as we as we go into this. So I'll dive right into it today. Now, if you remember from my first my first introduction to the series, I talked about a term called willingness to pay. Now, this is something that many economists have talked about for years. There's many financial models on this, but I want to stick to making it relevant to you, to your business, to how you can grow and to how you can actually make money. And I think that's the best route for this podcast is is I'm going to keep it very consistent with a good mixture of overview subjects and then making it actually real and tying into your daily life. So the, the definition of willingness to pay that I've found online um, based on a, a culmination of different sub uh, resources is the maximum price at or below which a consumer will definitely buy one unit of product. How do I say this in real terms? Well, basically it's the maximum price that a consumer is willing to pay for a good or service. Well, well how does price actually come into this equation as it relates to the business. Well, there is a simple formula for this. The, it, the difference between price and willingness to pay, because they're very similar words and they can get confusing, they mean two totally different things, but they work synonymously in a formula. So the difference between price and willingness to pay is consumer surplus. Basically, I think of that as value. Bing, that's a word we were talking about in the last two podcasts. This is what the series is about, is value. Now, I made this connection through some research, but when we think about consumer surplus in real terms, I think about value. I think that this customer is getting a surplus in what they actually are willing to pay and this brings value moving forward, whether it's something for their business, whether it's a, a, just a consumer looking for a product for a household, um, whatever it may be. So that, I, I, again, that's a formula that has been discussed um, by numerous economists. But the way I put it in real terms is, you know, how can we create consumer surplus or value when it relates to price, the price you're charging for your good or service, and then the consumer, what are they willing to actually pay for what you're offering? So that's a little bit of um, summary on the economic standpoint of, of the term willingness to pay, and then of course price, and then tying value into that. So we're, we're streamlining everything together and we're, we're relating concepts together already third podcast. So I'm really excited that these these are working together so well. Um, and I'm going to be bringing this to you in real terms. So 
how do we actually maximize consumer surplus in your business? Well, I've written down four bullet points that I think has helped me the most so far in my career. What I've observed in my experiences through companies who are doing it correct. And I'm actually going to be giving you an example shortly after these four bullet points uh, of a company that I think is doing absolutely tremendous. So before I get into that, how do we maximize consumer surplus? Well, the first thing is we save money on the less important business capital. Every business has departments that are either maximizing returns or minimizing returns. We want to make sure that we are spending money in the most important places and saving on the least important. Okay, the second bullet that I bullet point that I wrote down is taking advantage of free business tools. This is huge. The online marketplace has a culmination of free business tools and software to help kickstart your business, no matter what industry you're in. It's 2019. There are dozens and dozens of companies who can administer free software and be profitable based on ads and other things. So there's really no need to invest extremely heavy in highly expensive technology if you are simply trying to provide value for the customer just because of the way the digital landscape is set up there's so many uh, different ways that these platforms can monetize their um, their value without charging too much so that's a huge one um, the third bullet point is investing money and time into consumer relations and studies that goes back to my first podcast, um, or actually, it was my second podcast yesterday on value. Now, how do we uh, how do we invest money in consumers? We step into their shoes. I, I, I've said that we engage with them. We get their insight, and this can be done through technology. It can be done through word of mouth. Um, the list goes on. So that that's another big. Um, big part in consumer surplus and maximizing that consumer surplus. Now, the very last point um, for maximizing consumer surplus is making your product or service inelastic in price. I'm going to say that one more time. Make your product or service inelastic in price. Now, the word inelastic as it relates to what we're talking about today is basically when a customer is willing to pay basically anything for a service because it has so much value and the price is inelastic. I don't care if it goes up $100 tomorrow, $200, I'm still buying it. Why? Because I've seen value in your product. So that's, that's the last piece of it all, tying it together is really making consumers have a have a raving experience, be massive fans, so that their price is inelastic and they will will be willing to pay whatever the charges for the good and service. Um, so that's that's the summary on how we maximize consumer surplus. And you know, I promised I'd give you a real um, a real life example of a company. So as as I mentioned in my first podcast. I actually used to work in 
the insurance industry. So I've gotten to know all the different companies and their strategies. And this is actually a big reason on how I've gotten to understand what it is to create affordable value. So I'm thankful for my experiences with that. I'll dive into the example. The company I want to highlight today is called Progressive Insurance. Now, this company was my number one competitor, my number one pet peeve back when I was selling um, insurance. And why was this company so difficult to compete with? Well, I, I researched an article today on the Insurance Journal, which um, which is a national news source. If you're not familiar with it, it kind of talks about which companies are, um, you know, charging the most, what their earnings are, what their tools are, just gives you a little overview on the snapshot. But the thing that Progressive does so well is they do not sacrifice their service and their and their talents and their um, willingness to go ahead and help at, at all means. They don't sacrifice any of that just because they're so affordable. Now, I think a big reason why this is the way it is with Progressive and the reason why most people cannot compete with them at all, the reason why I couldn't compete with them is because they are saving money on the less important business um, capital. So they're not spending money on, on buildings and you know unnecessary furniture for an office and overhead and lights and you know employee events and lunches the list goes on they work from remote locations and they are still able to provide the same customer service and intelligent in the market um, and, and that's also because they do invest a lot in consumer relations now basically when when we think about this from their standpoint Progressive sat down one day and thought, what do insurance customers actually want? What do they need? And how fast do they want it? So basically, they thought, well, they want multiple insurance policies bundled into one at a very cheap rate. Because face it, nobody wants to pay for something they don't want to use ever. So Progressive really maximizes consumer surplus by saving money on the less important, you know, parts of business capital that they need to operate. And then they've also done an incredible job of investing money into consumers and really putting themselves in the shoes of the consumer. Remember, I said that in my first podcast. So just wanted to highlight that company. Um, if you want to look at the article a little bit more and see how how they maximize their consumer surplus, just go to uh, theinsurancejournal.com and uh, type in progressive and, and see what they have to say about that. But um, I will leave you guys to ponder on those thoughts. We've covered quite a bit today as it relates to price, um, you know, consumers' willingness to pay. Uh, I tied value back into it. So we're really starting to get into... Um, you know, the streamlined process of how do these actually seamlessly work together. And I'm really excited to continue with this podcast, guys. Um, I'm going to take breaks on Sunday, so there won't be um, Sunday uh, 
podcasts. But I will be resuming Monday morning, and I'm really looking forward to continuing this conversation um, as it relates to price willingness to pay. Have a good Saturday. Thank you.